Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Ryan Brown bringing awareness to countries which most persecute Christians around the world, like North Korea. If they are thrown in prison, are actually very quickly uh, relocated to labor camps where they may very well spend the rest of their life uh, doing this intense manual forced labor. Um, and it is dangerous to be a, a Christian in those areas. Ryan Brown, next. With the freedoms we enjoy in the U.S. and the Christian influences throughout our history, it can be hard to imagine how difficult life is for many of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world today. In numerous countries, they suffer various levels of discrimination, and even persecution. Open Doors U.S. is bringing awareness to this situation and ranks the 50 countries which are the worst persecutors of Christians in what they call their World Watch List. My guest is Ryan Brown, CEO of Open Doors U.S. Ryan, give us a quick look at the history and mission of Open Doors. So Open Doors uh, had its beginnings back in 1955 with a gentleman that does come to be known as, as Brother Andrew by by many. Um, Brother Andrew, uh, as a young man, uh, as he traveled behind the, the Iron Curtain and engaged with, with members of the church that, uh, you know, at that point in time, I don't know, they necessarily knew, had the, the labels that we, we would even apply to it today, but that this idea of the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. And as he began to, to see, you know, how could he serve uh, his brothers and sisters there, uh, he recognized that there was a need for Bibles. And so he began by smuggling Bibles uh, behind the Iron Curtain. Um, he did so for, for many, many years. Some of the listeners may be familiar with a book that was written a number of years ago called God's Smuggler uh, that uh, talked about those those early days. Uh, but the work um, that he did gave birth to, to a ministry, um, and it's a ministry that uh, called Open Doors that walk, seeks to walk with the persecuted church. Um, and as the face of persecution has continued to evolve over the years and recognizing that the needs of the persecuted church vary in different parts of the globe, so has the, the response of Open Doors varied in different geographies and with different times. In some parts of the globe, uh, access to the written word of God is, is still very, very difficult to come by. And uh, so our work very much involves that, that Bible distribution. In other parts of uh, the world, uh, that persecution can take the, the form of uh, you know economic persecution, folks denied opportunities for livelihood, uh, education. And so in, in those cases, we're doing you know livelihood programs, we're doing literacy programs. Uh, in other places of uh, the globe, um, you know, the, especially like I think in you know the, the recent, uh, not too long ago, earthquakes in, in Syria and Turkey, where you know those in the Christian religious minority would often be excluded from uh, you know forms of aid and, and that type of thing. We're able to come alongside the church and allow the church uh, to be an instrument of aid and blessing to the communities around them. So, um, you know, our our call is to serve the persecuted church in the ways that they need to be served. We live in such freedom here in the U.S. and and really much of the Western world. It's sometimes difficult to comprehend what the situation is for Christians in in, in other parts of the world. Can you talk a little bit about how serious a problem um, this persecution of Christians is worldwide? Yeah, it it is serious, it, and it's um, it is growing. When we take a look, just a, a, a few years ago. Uh, and, 
Open Doors every year uh, puts out uh, what we call a world watch list every January. Um, and in that, we highlight the 50 countries around the globe where persecution is the most intense for, for Christian believers. Um, and, you know, because of that, because of our on-the-ground networks of, of uh, response and partnerships in, in these countries around the globe, we have a lot of good data um, as it relates to, to persecution. And we have seen that persecution grow um, incredibly over recent years. Um, you know, it's estimated that um, about 360 million people around the globe, 360 million Christians, are suffering persecution because of their faith. About 312 million of those, uh, it would be considered intense persecution. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the face of persecution, uh, you know, as mentioned earlier, it can look different in different places. Um, you know, in some places there is uh, physical violence. Um, you know, there are places where it uh, yeah, can result, you know, even just having a Bible um, can result in immediate imprisonment for you and your family. Um, yeah, it can involve being, um, you know, arrested and placed in, in uh, labor camps and, and those types of things. Uh, so it's, um, it's difficult, like you said, for us at times to, to always understand that level of persecution when we are living within our, our experience of, you know, um, within America, religious liberties have been, you know, part of our national identity. Uh, but yet there are places around the globe where that is not the case. How does Open Doors come to the figures of 300 million uh, persecuted Christians? Yeah, so it's all based off of, we, we have you know, our networks um, on the ground. And again, this is 70 some years worth of, of, of networks as far as working in countries around the globe. Mm -hmm. It's you know, through uh, this presence on the ground that we're able to, to accumulate and pull together this data. So you, as you mentioned, you, you compile something called the World Watch List. You put it out, I don't even know how many years, but it's been... I would guess decades? 30 some years, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, t tell us uh, what info uh, information is compiled on it. How is it compiled? How many countries does it uh, comprise? Yeah, so uh, typically it's going to highlight the, um, the top 50 countries in which persecution is the greatest. And, and within that, there, there's a variety of different parameters they are, are looking at, things such as uh, violence, uh, you know, the economic opportunities, all of those 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 types of things. Uh, there are, um, you know, the, there are some brilliant people that are, yeah. um, you know, much more adept at, uh, you know, um, working and sifting through data than 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 I am certainly, uh, but that give great attention to these these things and are able to, um, you know, accumulate these these uh, statistics and accumulate these uh, standings from year to year. And within that, you can you can track from year to year to see trends that are emerging. You know, some of the things that um, you know this last year's world watch list really. Um, gave visibility to is the the rise of persecution in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, perhaps not uh, unrelated, you know, I think many of us know that the, the church in, in sub-Saharan Africa has been growing, uh, and yet we mm -hmm. see this idea of persecution is, is, is growing as well. As, as sub-Saharan Africa, that would be where you'd find uh, countries like uh, Nigeria, Sudan. You'd find Ethiopia, yes, um, all of these, these uh, countries 
uh, in that, that sub-Saharan area. And so one of the things that has been uh, part of that trend there is, you know, mentioned one of the, the factors that they look at is that, that idea of violence within persecution and um, specifically in that sub-Saharan Africa area, um, that has been very, very prominent in the growth of persecution. Uh, the, as a matter of fact, when you take a look at the number of people that have been martyred for their faith uh, this last year, um, by and large, the majority of that is in sub-Saharan Africa. And, and, and honestly, even the majority is a country you just mentioned, Nigeria. Um, you know, that has been an area where we've seen a number of people martyred for their faith over the last year. Well, I want to ask some more about specific countries, but in terms of uh, sort of the methodology of, of how this World Watch List is, is put together, uh, my understanding is you look at five spheres of life. Can you talk about those those various spheres? It'll be, I think it'd be kind of be enlightening to see kind of the spectrum uh, of, of when we talk about persecution, what exactly is meant. Look at areas like violence. We look at the area of, um, you know, this idea of church life as far as, you know, are Christians allowed to meet together? Mm. Um, you know, are there things like even church buildings allowed? Uh, there's this um, idea as far as um, just the what we refer to as the, the national life, um, you know, is there a freedom of expression that's allowed by Christians? Uh, you know, often, um, you know, that, that freedom of speech, um, are people allowed to, you know, even on official documents, um, you know, list themselves as, as Christians? There's the idea of, uh, you know, the community life. Um, are uh, folks within their community um, ostracized or excluded um, or persecuted because of their their faith. Um, you know, are they able to get employment? Are they able to get access to education? Um, and then, uh, you know, the last area would be specifically, and this is within within the context of family. Um, you know, are Christians allowed to uh, you know observe things such as? Um, you know, Christian holidays, Christian, um, you know, have, uh, you know, Christian perspectives on, you know, marriage ceremonies, on funerals and, and, and those types of things. Um, you know, all of those are, are elements that are looked at. So, um, you know, it kind of starts from a macro um, and then drills down to very specific family situations. Uh, you know, each of those, there are you know, no shortage of stories that, that can be relayed as far as, you know, what those look like. You know, it's I um, I think that the ones for me that, you know, I tend to find very, very heartbreaking are even those of family mm. where, you know, uh, often, um, you know, younger individuals have have found Christ and made a profession of faith and recognized how they have been ostracized and uh, cut off from their families because of that. Um, and at times, you know, suffered physical abuse and, uh, you know, all of those, those retribution where, uh, you know, families see that as a, a shaming of their family and, um, you know, target their own family members because of that faith in Christ. Truly heartbreaking to see. There's a yeah, tremendous price that uh, I guess, especially in in some of the Muslim countries where yes. uh, people convert to Christianity. So they're often referred to as what Muslim uh, background uh, believers. Muslim background believers, yes, that's very much in country. And what is interesting is um, where we've seen some of these communities because of political instabilities and things like that, where folks have left country as refugees. That even in those communities, you know, in, in Germany or in other places. Uh, where you know those Muslim communities, there can be severe retribution 
for those that um, become followers of Christ, and that retribution can be be swift and 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 deadly. Prison, all kinds of uh, penalties for right for absolutely. There's um, was talking with an individual earlier today that uh, um, you know she had spent nine months in in prison um, under apostasy charges and. Um, you know, when she made a profession of faith in Christ and uh, in that country, it was, you know, the uh, sentence was either life imprisonment or death. And um, she was able through um, you know, some political um, influence that was being exerted on the country to, um, to you know, leave that country and, and be released from, from prison. But again, there are many believers that that is not the case. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, we, we talk about the numbers, we talk about the data, we talk about the number of crunching and, you know, all of that is is incredibly important to give visibility to the issue. But the, the thing that, you know, I think we also need to be reminded of is that each and every one of those data points represents an individual. Um, represents an, an individual that are our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, that are are suffering persecution because of that shared faith in Christ. Well, my guest today on His People is uh, Mr. Ryan Brown. He is president of Open Doors U.S. We're talking about a number of things, their ministry to believers suffering this kind of uh, persecution or discrimination. It t- takes different forms in various countries of the world. We're talking about the World Watch List, the 50 countries which are ranked as uh, the, the worst persecutors of Christians in the world. And just to ask you uh, about a few of those, uh, Ryan, obviously sure. people can go to your – what is your website there? They can just go and just check, the, check yeah, these countries uh, out. it is Open Doors us.org. Well, number one, and my recollection is this country has been number one on this list for quite a few years, not exactly the kind of recognition that you would want, but North Korea. Many people know, I think, that uh, it is very uh, oppressive toward its population in general, but particularly toward Christians. C- can you talk a little bit about what life is like there and why it is number one and continues to be number one on this, this list? Uh, the state-sponsored persecution is um, still staggering. Um, you know, country I made reference earlier that there, there are countries in North Korea is um, case in point in which you know just the possession of the Bible um, results in immediate imprisonment, um, and it can for both you and your entire family. You know, most. Christians, you know, um, are, if they are thrown in prison, are actually very quickly uh, relocated to labor camps where they may very well spend the the rest of their life uh, doing this intense manual forced labor. Um, And it is dangerous to be a a Christian in those areas. When the the subject of persecution of Christians comes up, it seems like China often comes up. It's not in the top 10. I think it's like number, you've got it at number 16, but it's known for a particular kind of persecution. Not all persecution is the same from country to country. Can you talk about uh, the situation of China for Christians? Yeah, well, what's interesting in China, and you know, there are trends there that uh, we're seeing as well give rise in, in other countries and in, in the way that they have with, with China. In some regards, you could almost uh, uh, say that you know China has been a forerunner in, in some of these these areas of persecution. Certainly, you know, one aspect is that that idea of, of more that authoritarian regime, mm-hmm. um, that, that authoritarian power. What is so 
interesting is that, you know, for us here in the United States, um, you know, we have seen, you know, over the last several hundred years, you know, our economic expansion and growth uh, coupled with that um, that personal freedom and that personal freedom is expressed as, as well in a, a freedom of religious expression. Um, in countries like China and, and others, that uh, economic expansion has not been coupled with an increase in you know, personal liberties or freedom, certainly not religious liberties, but, but rather the opposite, a, a contraction of those things. One of the things in China where that has taken a, you know, increased, um, you know, that dynamic, increased uh, aspect of, of that persecution is just this whole idea of digital surveillance mm-hmm. uh, and tracking and the ability to look at the digital footprints. Um, you know, I, I know that there are a number of us that, you know, even just, you know, several years ago, you know, you know, would applaud and, and, and say, well, things like the internet, you know, give, you know, access to, to the word of God to people all over the globe. And, and in essence, they, they do, but they also create digital footprints all around the globe. And so there are many of these, these countries where, um, you know, it is still safest to actually have the, the written word of God as opposed to, to that, that digital footprint that is, uh, you know, being watched and tracked and, and, and all of those, those things. So, uh, you know, that is certainly something that we've seen in China, um, you know, an increasing, um, Visibility. And we, we've seen that in the news and in other aspects of life within that, um, you know, the, within the, the Chinese government. But, um, you know, the religious persecution has certainly been a, a target and focus of that as well. Well, as I mentioned, people can read this uh, World Watch list uh, at opendoorsus.org. Uh, it lists the, uh, the 50 countries that are the, the worst persecutors of Christians, according to open doors. And what other resources do you have? Um, Ryan, I'm thinking of uh, helps for believers to pray, those kind of things um, on your site. Here in the U.S., often, you know, we, we can kind of view prayer as a is a strategy of last resort, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. once we've done everything that we know to do, everything that we can do, well, uh, you know, it's beyond me, so I will pray. But um I would say that you know these these issues of persecution, the way that we support our brothers and sisters, prayer is the front line. It's it's not a last resort. It is the front line, um, and so you know, of course, you know, brother Andrew, the you know the the founder of this ministry, you know, has, has famously said that you know our our, our prayers can go where where we can't even go, and so um, and you know, recognizing that there are. Um, you know, principalities and um, uh, at work and, and all of the, these types of things that, you know, prayer is the, the, the front line of those of battles. So we do have resources on our page. We uh, have, you can download a, a daily prayer calendar, which I like to look at just has a couple of sentences, you know, every day, you know, I'm talking about a different aspect of, of persecution in a different country um, that allows you to, you know, just lift those things up in, in prayer and be mindful of them. We also have you know other pre- prayer resources where you can sign up for emails and, and those types of things to, to get those in your, your inbox. Uh, there's also some some neat tools as it relates just to the World Watch List itself there that can serve as, as great opportunities for, for prayer. Um, we have dossiers available on, on each of those countries mm. um, where um, you can, if, if you are a 
you know, a, a data person and, and really like the details, um, there's there's a lot of detail that you can dive into, uh, pages and pages of information that you can get different aspects and, and understanding of the 50 countries on that, that watch list. So a lot of resources. There's of course there's also opportunities to um you know to 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 give and to um, you know, show solidarity with our brothers and sisters who, through that means as well. Well, Ryan, what do you believe, and I think you alluded to this kind of early on in the conversation, but that we here in the U.S., believers here, can learn from those that are going through this kind of difficulty, pressure of different kinds, discrimination, persecution in other countries. You know, and this is to, to God's glory, the way that he has designed his church. You know, Paul writes about this as a body where, where we all have function and, and mm-hmm. things along those lines. And, you know, to, to, to God's glory, he's designed it that when we show up, at, when all of us show up at the table, we all have something to contribute. That God has uniquely gifted and, and uh, given us circumstances and, and wiring that um, we can, you know, contribute to the body of Christ. And that is the very, very true of the the persecuted church as well. When they show up to the table, they have something incredible to offer. And, you know, specifically when I take a look at, you know, the church in North America, and, and I am a member of the church, you know, I, I, I so when I, I say these things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself here. Um, but, you know, we as a church in America, really for the, the first time in our history, are, are, are living in an increasingly post-Christian culture. Um, and while we've been called to make disciples uh, within our culture, in many cases, we're being discipled by our culture. Um, so as we engage with you know, men and women of the, the, the persecuted church who are living out their faith at great cost to themselves, um, you know, we're engaging with men and women who are using their faith to determine how they should engage their culture. They're not using their culture to determine how they should engage their faith. And so for at this point in, you know, again, the, the history of the church in the U.S., where we are increasingly, um, you know, at a, a place where we are called to live counterculturally to, you know, the prevailing culture of the world that, that, that we abide in, we need those examples of our brothers and sisters who have gone before us and made those decisions at great cost, at great sacrifice. These are examples that we need to learn from and to celebrate. Certainly, as uh, you point out, I, I think on your website, and perhaps in this conversation, people who find themselves in those kind of situations, Christians in various countries, depending upon the severity of the, the pressure of the persecution, sometimes their only uh, recourse is to flee the country, and, and as such, uh, they, they, they end up being refugees in other countries. And as such, uh, I'm wondering if you could tell us about, I think it, the study is called Closed Doors, a joint study you did Correct. with World Relief on persecuted Christians in the U.S. refugee uh, resettlement and asylum process. That's kind of a mouthful, but can, can you tell us a bit about <laughs> about that? Yeah, that, that report was just uh, released this, this last week, and um, you know, it was really an honor to, to partner with the folks at, at World Relief in that um, you know, we were able to bring our um, you know, history and expertise and information as it relates to persecution. Uh, they have uh, you know, a vibrant part of their ministry is working with refugee populations here in the U.S. and equipping the church to, to, to walk with those folks. Um, and you know, so they have an expertise there. And as, as we brought these things to, together and, and look at them side by side, you know, as I made reference earlier in the conversation, when we just take a look at the the instant you know, the instance of um, persecution that has increased dramatically over over recent years. 
And I, I will take just a, a quick note of reference that you know most of those that, that are suffering persecution are not seeking to flee their country, are mm. not seeking, you know, so many are, are feel called to, to minister and to live and to, to live out their faith in those, those contexts. And again, we come alongside those, but as you made reference to, you know, with the this increased number of, of you know, of, of just the persecution, there are also an increased number of those situations where there are uh, no other recourses, there are no other options available other than to leave the the, the country in mm-hmm. which you are in. Um, and, you know, while we've seen, you know, again, that levels of persecution increase dramatically over the years, um, the U.S. over recent years has dramatically decreased the number of, of individuals that they are allowing to um, you know, seek that, that refugee status here because of the, the persecution of, of their religious beliefs. And so we have these these two you know, trends, um, you know, the persecution increasing dramatically, but the ability of the U.S. to or the willingness of the U.S. to, to receive you know, refugees has decreased dramatically. Um, you know, the U.S. has a a long, long and storied history of being, you know, that on the global stage, that, um, you know, symbol of, of religious freedom and that, that that beacon of hope as it relates to, to religious liberties. We would love to see, a, a, you know, the U.S. just even return to the, the levels of a few years ago um, in which, you know, the levels at which we were receiving these refugees and these Christians that are being persecuted because of their faith. So this is something, is there some way that uh, you would want to see Christians engage with this subject? Yeah, and I think, you know, again, this is also a situation where I say prayer is a front line. And so, you know, one of the things that, and again, you know, thank you for you know, giving us audience and opportunity to even speak about these things, because, you know, it does start with awareness. And, you know, many of us, you know, it, it's very easy to live unaware of mm-hmm. these types of things. And so, you know, as we become aware of them, uh, you know, our hope and, and, and prayer and encouragement is that, that prayer become an appropriate and good and powerful first response. Um, I think there are also opportunities for churches uh, here in the uh, U.S. to uh, partner with organizations such as World Relief in, in those regards and, you know, be places that are willing to uh, receive and assimilate uh, refugees into their Christian community with, within our own neighborhoods and within our own communities to allow that to be another representation of the love and, you know, the a representation of the, the body of Christ. The, the other is, you know, I think an, an awareness too is that, um, you know, there are, uh, you know, certainly times where advocacy, you know, and I say more so at the, the, the political um, uh, front is 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 applicable and, and warranted, and so you know our hope is that reports like this um, one will illuminate issues for folks, um, but help to as well inform them on some of the the issues so that they can um, you know help raise awareness with the, with their elected officials. Um, you know there are you know there's a, a bill in place right now that um, you know one of the uh, provisions of that is it would require those seeking that type of, of religious asylum to, to pay an application fee which as you can imagine many folks that are you know fleeing um you know in that that situation of, of intense persecution and often just with the clothes on their backs mm-hmm. um you know, that, that can be a, a barrier to even beginning this process. And so there are things like that that, you know, we would hope would not 
uh, introduce themselves as barriers to once again allowing America to, to to rise to a place on the global stage where where we are are you know able to receive those that are being persecuted because of their faith. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Ryan Brown, CEO of Open Doors U.S. Go to opendoorsus.org. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Erica Anderson on reasons behind some current changes in church youth ministry. The youth group began to be really separate from the larger church. And so people, and I heard this from almost everyone I talked to, hmm. people would be in the youth group and then when they were done, they never felt like they were actually part of that church and so they wouldn't go to that church. They kind of would just fall off after that. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.